You're listening to Family Feud, part of the Paris Style Podcast family. They might not be brother and sister, but they sure do fight like they are. Here's your hosts, Keely Yor and Shotgun Spratling. Welcome to another edition of the Family Feud Podcast. I'm your host, Keely Yor, joined by Shotgun Spratling and cousin of the pod, Chris Trevino. Gentlemen, it is finally here, the conclusion of the 2021 season. USC has finished up all of its games, and we're wrapping up this season with a bow with this podcast. Well, it is Christmas time, so we might as well get a bow out. Oh, sure. Should throw a wreath on this thing, too, and then light Some it lights? on fire. Oh, oh, light, <laughs> it, on light fire. it on fire. Yeah. Okay. I, I want one of those big, big novelty bows that they get for those stupid Christmas card commercials. <laughs> oh, are you going to wear it? Yeah. I think you should wear it. Can you buy those? Yes, you can. I've seen it before. Coming to a you've visual bit the, you. St- you've seen the... Shop or you? I've seen like, the giant bows before, probably at like a Walmart or something. But I've seen them. Mm, I don't know. There's like I have seen them. I promise you, I've seen them. Hopefully, there's a big bow distributor to listen. Okay, to the okay. First of all, if you buy like a Lambo, they'll give you one. First of, those of all, bows. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about a giant bow. I'm talking about a big ass bow, a What's car the bow. Because you could buy a bow, yes, at Walmart, probably the size of this TV here. No, no I'm no, talking like I'm the talking size of this paneling on the background that no one can visual see. Visual bidding at the start of the pod. Thank you, yes. Yes, I have seen the bows. <laughs> For sale in a shop of some sort. Okay. <laughs> you well, said you no, he's, backtracking. he's backtracking. Yes, he's backtracking now. Has anyone, has anyone ever seen someone get a car for Christmas? No, because that, that like doesn't a, happen. That's just a specific... It seems like a perfect shotgun complaint. Like, yeah, I hate those commercials before yep. that. I've never, heard of, I've never heard of anyone getting a new car for Christmas. Like, Actually, I think I've heard of one person uh, getting it. And I guess they're probably persu- you know, were persuaded by those commercials. Probably because we're not in the tax bracket of those. Also true. Who do those are always like Lexus commercials yeah. or yeah. Audi commercials, something a little bit higher end than... Than our Hondas and Mitsubishi's. It, it's it, those commercials always come on when you 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 feel the poorest. <laughs> I mean ramen and paying my electric bill here and give this the guy, gift of Mercedes. <laughs> I'll kill you, Mercedes. <laughs> well, that's not a fake corporate sponsor for us anytime soon. But if they want to be and want to hey, give us loaner cars, go for it. We're down. Go for it. I will sell out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we have a lot to talk about. It. We have some stock up. Some stock down. We have heard it on the sidelines. We also have a ton of questions. I believe six pages of questions. This is a historic amount of questions. Yes. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a great season, but this is a jam-packed show, and I'm going to try to be quick. I know they're both looking at me in, in doubt, but yes. I'm going to try to be as quick as possible. Okay. We'll hold you to that. Try. Chris is not even acknowledging that you said that because he doesn't believe you. Chris is over here waving his arms like angels in the outfield. <laughs> no, he's doing it like a, the car wash uh, guy. You know, Chris, how about inflatable. wacky inflatable? Yeah, yeah, that's what I, you I think like. more car dealership than oh, car sorry. wash. Wow, sure. this is really a car dealership sponsored podcast. Anyway, if you have any questions or submissions to the podcast, please email us at familyfeudpod at gmail.com. I have seen your emails, they are in this doc. Don't worry, you're not forgotten. You can also tweet at shotgun at shotgun spr or DM him. Uh, we usually record on Tuesdays. Obviously, today is a Monday because we're wrapping this season up. But be sure to do that. We appreciate the you the guys. We can wrap it up. Yeah, I was just getting this out of the way. We're done. We're done. Uh, I guess USC is done. We're just done covering it. But let's just jump into it, guys. Uh, we all three were in Berkeley for the Cal game. Interesting vibes. Uh, USC comes out with a loss, finishes the 2021 season four and eight, worst season record since 1991. On that note, stock up. Who wants to go first? 
Shotgun. I'll start. Um, I'm going to start with the road trip and uh, give Chris Trevino his flowers. He was a great road trip companion. I was not feeling well at the game. Um, I think you were just you just purged everything you watched this season, and it just like came out as the fire. Like, okay. About halftime, I was like, I, I think I've consumed this entire thing. I was looking for trash cans, just to you know, identifying where trash cans were in case my stomach wasn't going to hold it. I don't know if that was from the football we've watched this season, or if it was just a you know a flu bug, a, a stomach bug, or something like that. So. Uh, but Chris was great. He drove the entire trip, which is normally we split it up. So got to give Chris his flowers on that one. Well done. Wow, I did not expect that. <laughs> yeah, I, I took a picture of you right before the half because you looked like you were having a serious moment. And then I tweeted it or texted it on the group chat. And Chris made a joke that you're like about to throw up from this performance. And you're like, no, I'm actually about to throw up. So it was a rough time. But you, you pulled through, Shotgun. Yeah, we got some decent photos from you. it. Proud of you. Uh, I had stock up for the end. And I know I sound very just bitter right now, but I'm, I'm glad this season. This season has felt so long and so short at the same so time. So much happened. So much happened. We started this season covering Clay Helton, and we ended it covering Lincoln Riley. Like, what in the world? But uh, stock up for the fact that USC can put this season behind them, and USC fans hope that they can turn the page into a new era. A new error? A new era. <laughs> new error. There's been plenty of errors <laughs> along true. the way true, true, true. this last decade or so. Um, and, and speaking on that, if you looked at the opening day or even going into fall camp, if you looked at the projected starting lineup we had versus what started on Saturday, how many of those guys are still there? I mean, out of the 22 guys, there's probably 10, 12 at most. I, I, I mean, I'm just guessing off the top of my head here. I didn't write it down, but... Just so many guys just were not there at the end of the season, whether it be injury, whether it be, you know, whatever it was, you know, they traveled super light. They had, I counted yeah. 47 scholarship players that were dressed for the game. They also, they lost four guys during the game. So down to 43 scholarship players. USC, every single game this year, they played at least 56 players. And they didn't even have 56 players dressed. You know, they had five walk-ons with them. They didn't even bring a lot of walk-ons. So they didn't travel the entire you know, the, the full, the maximum amount of players they could travel. They went with a super light skeleton crew and, you know, they played hard. I give them that, but it was the same things over and over again. Missed tackles for the, for the defense. And then the offense being able to move the ball and not finishing drives, you know, two missed field goals, two times inside the red zone where they didn't get any points, uh, fourth, fourth down where they snapped the ball too early, a fourth down where they didn't pick up a, a free runner and Miller Moss gets crushed. So, you know, it, it was just the same stuff over and over. And compounding that, just we know how badly this offense has struggled to get into the red zone and come away with points, and they've relied heavily on field goals. And when you're not making field goals, that's when you know it's really bad for this offense because at that point, you're getting nothing. And because so much of the season has been relying on Parker Lewis to at least get a little bit of something, get them a little bit closer to stuff. And if the offense didn't have those screw ups, those two field goals they missed, and the scoop and score fumble return, USC wins this game. That's that's 13 points right there. And they lost by 10. So it was just, it was a compound of those type things. And you throw in the two times where they got no points um, from, you know, didn't even get a field goal opportunity. But Parker Lewis talked to him after the game. He did not, he did not dress for the second half. He, he shut it down at halftime. He hyperextended his knee before the game. And so that's why, you know, that's part of the reason why the, the kicks were a struggle, I think. You can see on the second kick, his plant leg is the one he hyperextended. He slides on it, and that's why the ball ends up hooking on it on him there. So uh, you wonder why not go to Stadhouse earlier? You know, if he did hyperextend and the coaches saw that, why not say, "Hey, Alex Stadhouse has been great for us. Let's try him yeah. out there." I know the first one's a fifty-one yarder, and that may be a little bit outside of Stadhouse's range, but 
you know, a, a guy that's healthy versus a guy that's injured, I think you go with a healthy guy there who's proven that he can can step in for you. Yeah. I had stuck up for guys who got a chance. Michael Jackson, Kyle Ford, and Brandon Campbell. I thought all had flashes um, and kind of hope for going forward in the future. I talked to Kyle Ford and he was talking about how, you know, obviously it's been frustrating for him not getting as much time as he'd like. But this is something to build off of and, and go and have some hope going into the offseason and having a new regime and having a new offense uh, to look forward to. So those guys, I mean, Michael Jackson finished as the leading, leading receiver and then Brandon Can- Campbell with 36 yards on nine carries. Not too great, but I thought he had uh, a good showing for a guy who we haven't really seen since fall camp, basically. Yeah, on that same page, I had freshman cornerbacks. Prophet Brown and Kalen Bullock gets moved from safety. Now, those guys didn't grade out great, but nothing over their heads. They didn't give up the big play. They gave up some shorter throws. They were playing off coverage. But first starts for those guys at those positions, and I thought that they did tremendously well with the the slender depth that they had at that position for them to step in and make some plays. So on the defensive side, I thought there were some young guys that stepped in as well. He was pointing at me. I was trying to sneak through this and not have to do any stocks and <laughs> oh just like goodness. just like support everyone else's stocks, <laughs> but that didn't work. Um, you mentioned it last week. I just wanted to do it again because I felt it was deserving. But stock up on Vivai Malapai. Yeah, he went out on his career with a, a hundred yard effort. His the, just the fourth of his career, which seems weird. I felt like he's had more than that, but that was just the fourth time in his career that he's uh, had a hundred yard game. Fitting that it kind of ends it. it it ends the career. He ends his career with a 100-yard night, um, his first of the season. Um, and then I was talking to Darwin Bar- Barlow about it, just, you know, being able by being able to go off like that. And he said there was a cool moment when Jinx came over to the running back groups on the bench, and he kind of told uh, Vavai that he had just gone over 2,000 career yards rushing. On, wow. so, th- so that was a nice little moment. You know, obviously a loss. You would have liked to send him out and a bunch of other seniors out on a win, but still – Vi was running hard all night. You weren't. You were not going to be worried about Vi giving the effort. You know, in a game that was you know meaningless. Um, so yeah, just hats off to 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 that guy. And I'll drop one of my stock downs right now. Was a proper send off just to to build off of Chris for the guys that have been here for six years. The guys that are yeah. going to be leaving now. You know, just not a ton of great stuff for them in their careers. And you know, guys that have worked hard their entire time there. Liam Jimmins, Vavai Malapai, some yeah. of those fifth-year guys that are probably going to leave as well. Um, just, you know, you would have hoped they could at least win out on a win. It was a terrible season for them to finish their careers on, but you would have hoped at least they could get the win in what was a meaningless game, but you would have hoped that for them be, and had a proper send-off. Uh, but unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Any more stock up? I mean, stock up 2023 recruiting. Ooh, yeah. I mean, you already got two five-stars there with the, the flips of Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon from Los Alamitos. Uh, a big collection of targets, 2022 and 2023, were on campus this weekend. So, you know, great start for Lincoln Riley as far as working on the recruiting class. They're going to need to finish strong in this class because there is a dearth of talent and they're going to be losing a good number of people. Uh, we had our first scholarship player enter the transfer portal right before we started taping this with Jacob Lynch this time. So they need to find that defensive lineman. They need to find some offensive linemen. They got to get better in the trenches. Um, we'll see where they go from here, but you know, it, it's something that it's a good start from where they started. And the 2023 class is off to a really good start with those two guys uh, to be the, the front runners and the, the headliners of the group. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. I just had a stock up on, uh, I like how you say this like you planned this. Yeah, this one I just made up on the top of my head because I, like I said, I didn't have any stocks, so these are all I'm coming off the uh, com- coming off the dome with this one. But it's, I'm trying to just phrase it right. But uh, 
spectating chaos because <laughs> since Lincoln Riley made the move to USC, you know, there was a bunch of like waiting and waiting and waiting and then it happened and then it was just like, oh my God, this is an amazing thing. And now USC fans have just been able to enjoy Lincoln Riley. Meanwhile, everyone else, it seems like on the coaching carousel stage has just been going crazy. They've been having you know, like USC seasons, but not USC. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, just like LSU poaching uh, Kelly and then Notre Dame was just, oh, what are we going to do? And then it was Marcus Freeman. And then this morning, Mario Cristobal officially left for Miami. So now Oregon's scrambling. It's just been nuts. Uh, just been nuts to just watch it all while USC fans have just been, and me, our, uh, us as media have been able to watch, sit back and be like, Lincoln's just doing his thing. He's going along now. <laughs> He's just uh, recruiting his, his butt off. And while everyone, like a lot of the teams have been scrambling and trying to like figure things out, especially with the early signing period coming up. So just yep. watching chaos instead of like, Covering it, yeah, covering it and being in it. Granted, we were in it for a long time this season. It, it was it was a it was a slow drip for us, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I guess. With the the big pop at the end, but this one is just for everyone else. It yeah. just feels like it just all happened. Then we have to like scramble so that. I mean, the coaching carousel was just ridiculous this year, and I think part of it is twenty twenty, and you know, with the, the everything that happened there, and athletic departments not wanting to make big financial adjustments. But I listed yesterday all the programs are open and i forgot one or two you know i even looked at a list and still missed out on a couple of them but there have been so many coaching changes and you look at the top of that list and you have georgia oklahoma lsu notre dame now oregon miami i mean these are powerhouse programs and so many teams are going through changes it's gonna be really interesting um, fresno state looks like they're gonna get jeff tedford potentially these are a lot of teams that usc is gonna face too they're gonna face lsu they're gonna face fresno state they're gonna face oregon washington you know all these teams that are making the, these changes uh, so it's going to be a brand new day starting today, I guess, you know, or starting yesterday when, when the 2022 season officially starts the day after 2021 ends. Um, so we'll see how these things go, but it's been fascinating to watch and see some of the message board posts from some of these schools. <laughs> Our message boards have been lighting up um, and just kind of weighing in on all these things, but looking at some of these schools' message boards and whether they think it's a good good hire or good to get rid of someone or, or to be rid of someone, uh, it, it's very interesting to see the difference in opinions on a lot of these message boards. Yeah, it's crazy for sure. Shadi, I believe you have one more stock up. One more real quick. I'm going to go to basketball. Gritty road win for, for the Trojans. They are now number seven in the net rankings. The first net rankings came out today. They moved up in the AP poll as well. Uh, I believe they moved up in the coaches poll. But going on the road, tough environment to play in Washington State where there's not a ton of fans there, but a, a team that's really getting better in Washington State. But you know, go up in a, team, a game you didn't play great, but you found a way to win, and USC scores in the last – they score with 16 seconds left to take the lead, Chavez Goodwin, and he makes a free throw that, that ends up being crucial for him too. Didn't shoot free throws very well, so that's the start of my stock down, is USC's free throw shooting for basketball is really struggling right now, um, and they've got to get better because it's going to cost them some games down, down the stretch. Um, you can't win every game with no free throw shooting. I don't want to cut you off, but hoop, there it is. There you go. There you go. See, there's just – Stock neutral erasure. Exactly. No. We just skip right over because no. it's not a thing. No. Right over. Shade. Skip right over. Stock neutral. I had Miller Moss because there's no such thing as stock he neutral. got playing time, you know, and he talked about after the, the game, it was hard for him. He was like, I'm not going to lie, like to be named the third string starter. Um, I didn't get a senior year. So this is the first like legitimate playing time he was getting since his junior year of high school. That's rough. And so the fact that he was able to come in and perform, get his first touchdown as a as a Trojan, I thought that was, you know, 
good, but overall it wasn't a, a light em up performance. Obviously you wouldn't expect that from a guy who has uh, the lack of experience that I just listed. So stock neutral, he got some playing time. I uh, got to put some tape on for Lincoln Riley in the new staff, um, but wasn't a like electric performance where you're like, hey, this is the guy. And that touchdown catch was to, or touchdown pass was to Katie Nixon, his third catch of the season and first touchdown of the year. So congratulations to him on his yeah. lone touchdown for USC because I believe his eligibility is expired after this game. Now, stock down. I'll, I'll sanction it. Chrissy T. Sanction it? Sanction. <laughs> what is this, a Vegas you fight? You can't sanction the end zone. As the famous USC shirts read. Fair. Uh, again, just making all these up as I go. Well done. Stock down on Lincoln Riley's sleep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this man has been good. all over the place this week. You know, he's he's doing interviews in uh, Uber rides. He's on all these uh, different uh, television programs. He's doing interviews everywhere. And it always seems like he's somewhere different. And then obviously this week, while USC was having, you know, their pride bowl he was he was out there hosting official visitors he was out seeing people uh usc had a huge uh a recruiting event dinner get together with a bunch of top recruits it was a who's who's list of some of the top players uh in the country i'm sure shotgun's gonna run that list down when i when i stop talking uh, do you want me to run that yeah down? <laughs> I, I i would like you to run that list down they hosted uh the number one transfer portal prospect according to the 247 transfer portal rankings gotta plug the company always um elijah ricks he was on campus for his official visit he, he flew in late last night on a saturday um so it's just been a whirlwind for him and he, he just he's just grinding so much just grindy so stock down on him getting any sleep he's on that shotgun that sleep schedule right now <laughs> you think he's falling asleep at red lights too no he's got someone driving oh true 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 once I again, know. I wish I had a different, driver. Different tax bracket. <laughs> Would be nice. Different tax bracket. Lincoln yeah. Riley's giving out cars away that, with the big bows. That's his big thing. Big bows. To, to run down that list for Chris real quick, the number one transfer, like I said, Elias Ricks, uh, the number one cornerback in the nation, Dom, Damani Jackson. Looking at the other 2022s, you got Mason Graham there, the offensive lineman from Servite, David Bailey, linebacker from Modern Day, C.J. Williams from Modern Day, uh, and then the twenty and Relic Brown from Modern Day as well. Excuse me, number one uh, running back, I believe. Is he an athlete? I can't I, remember what I, he's I believe he's classified all, as. He was all purpose back. I believe he's. I believe he's running back, but right. I could be wrong. One a five star player, uh, and then twenty twenty three, they went ahead and brought some of the elite guys in from the area. You got Makai Lemon commit, Malachi Nelson commit. You got Roderick Pleasant from Sarah. You got Dalen Austin from. Uh, Long Beach Poly and Mateo Uangalele from uh, St. John Bosco. So that's all the primary big time schools as well. And you brought in their best players to to come. So, and, and Chris pointed this out when he tweeted tweeted about this. Um, all Southern California guys. That's what you got to do. You're Lincoln Riley. You got to come in. And you say, man, Elijah Ricks left and went to LSU. All these other players that have left and gone elsewhere. Shut the borders down. Take care of modern day, St. John Bosco, Long Beach Poly, all these these feeder programs for USC over the history and make them USC feeder programs once again. And if you do that, USC has a great chance uh, of reviving the talent pool that has been struggling a little bit the last couple of years. And just want to point out three high profile Three of those the high-profile guys are committed elsewhere. Mason Graham is committed to Michigan. David Bailey committed to Stanford the day before he was on this trip, so that is a little bit of interesting. Isn't that kind of – I saw that. I was like, isn't that kind of uh, shady a little bit? Not shady, but if you're Stanford – Maybe it was like, already like scheduled, and he's like, you can still come. We still want you to come, really. And then we're like, come on, just still, still come. And then obviously C.J. Williams is still committed uh, to uh, Notre Dame. So three really high-profile uh, commitments to other schools 
on that trip. So, yeah, it, this is the interesting thing about football recruiting. That's okay in football recruiting and basketball recruiting or baseball recruiting. Coaches would be like, "What the hell are you doing? You you just committed to us. Why are you going to some of the school?" But football, it's a whole different ball game. And I've talked with a lot of baseball and basketball coaches. They're like, "I don't know how football coaches do it. How do you deal with that when players?" Whereas I've had a baseball coach tell me. Someone came on as a visitor on an official visit with a guy they were recruiting. He was committed elsewhere, and they called the other coach and said, "Hey, I just want to let you know this guy came on this trip. He's a visitor. Uh, you know, we we're not recruiting him just to, you know to keep it kind of kosher between them wow. between the coaches. It's a completely different ball game, and that's what happens when you have eight million, nine million, ten million dollar contracts being thrown around. Uh, it gets really cutthroat really quick. It's a lot of bows." It's a lot of big bows. Throw them bows. It's big bow money. <laughs> Shaka did not know what you were saying. Um, <laughs> I had it took him a second. I had stuck down on having to say goodbye. I know it's really cheesy, but... It's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's because like this team was so bad you knew the fate at the, as the clock was winding down. But just seeing the sideline, Vi was going up and down, hugging um, people... Eric Cromenhook, and I'm kind of taking one away, one of my hurdles, but Eric Cromenhook was taking it really hard, kept the helmet on. You know, Jackson Dart came up and, and tried to console him a little bit. Brett Nealon, when trying to figure out his future and talking about Clay McGuire and the impact he's had, got choked up. I don't know why, and I've seen a lot of goodbyes, like Juju Adori, guys who we've covered and, and cared about, but I don't know why it was kind of just, it felt kind of sad at the end of post game, just seeing guys kind of, you know, this is not only the end for some guys, but also for the coaching staff. And I think maybe it's because, and we've heard it from the players, they all describe the season as roller coaster and adversity kind of uh, bonds you a little bit. And so I don't know, it just felt weird, even though we've talked about the tension sometimes that have been, has been in the locker room. It felt like, the finality of all this was a little bit like, oh, this is this is kind of sad. It almost felt like, I don't want to say, maybe relief is the the wrong word, but obviously it's been like a super tough season, just like yeah. mentally, physically, emotionally, and you know I can see how it's finally over. Like you get a fresh start, you get to you know people are going to leave, you know coaches will not be retained, you know a lot of that will be painful, a lot of that will be emotional, but just the season is over. You know you don't have to like. Think about, you know, slogging through another week of practice for a team that's, you know, not performing well. Now you get the fresh start. Yeah. And, you know, Nick Figueroa kind of talked about this, how, you know, you know, it's sad how the season went and sad how it ended. Sad for the coaches that will not be here next year. But, you know, they have to look forward to the future. The future is Lincoln Riley. And, you know, the quote that summed it up is like, uh, you know, tomorrow we get started with Lincoln Riley and we're excited about it. It was just like, that's what it is. Tomorrow's a fresh start. We're ready to go. More than relief, I think the right word might be catharsis. Mm-hmm. You know, just a release of those emotions that have been pent up yeah, um, and yeah. everything's kind of built up. And you saw that. And one of the things I don't know heard it was, was the emotions. You know, some guys getting choked up, like Keely said. Um, some guys just, just there was not a lot of energy in their voice after the game. You know, yeah. just kind of, and, you know, their shoulders had shrunk, uh, had, uh, sunk a little bit and just kind of, it's finally over, and just that catharsis, the release of knowing that the finality of this has come. And some guys, there's a decision to make. Some guys have already made their decision going into it. Um, we'll see what some of those guys do as far as transfer portal or entering for the draft, or you know what they decide to do. Some of those older guys, but yeah, you could definitely feel the emotions um, after the game, and uh, you know even from guys that didn't play. I think Chris, you saw Keaton Slovis, and looked like he was a little teary eyed. So, yeah, I can't confirm, but it did look like. 
moisture. It was a little red, red in the face. Maybe it was the chill of the the cold, the chill. Your eyes look red though, Chris. I remember coming up to you and being like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, maybe it was just that. Maybe there's something in the Berkeley air. The Berkeley air. <laughs> um, but it, it, I just like because I was walking next to him, I was looking at his eyes, and it looked like he were there's like maybe some he said goodbye, you know, to Harold or Coach Dagey or you know some of those guys. So maybe maybe that that could have been it. But it definitely looked like there was some. Uh, some like like Keely said, some moisture in, in the eyes. But yeah, that, that's that's just a lot of emotions from players, and it was kind of a slow drip of players exiting. Sometimes after games, there's some guys that leave immediately. You know, they're really upset and they just want to leave and get out of there. They don't even shower. Sometimes it's you know it takes a little bit of time, and then everyone kind of leaves and, and packs. This time it was like one by one, maybe two by two. It's just slowly kind of coming out of the locker room. I think everyone just kind of wanted their separate moment to kind of exit rather than, you know, three, five, six, seven guys kind of walking together. Which is also rare for a road game because a lot of the times it's just packs of people coming out trying to get to the bus as quick as possible. And since this was a road game, it was just people kind of uh, coming out. And the interesting thing, too, is that to get to Cal's press room, visiting press room, from the field you have to walk through this hallway where like the showers are and the locker room is and you could kind of you could hear like people like dapping people up and kind of the b- goodbyes you could start to see that as we were getting ready for the the presser so it was it was interesting just to have a, a view of all of that as well i had stocked down on fight on for some guys um because there were guys that just didn't make the trip that there were some guys who were injured but there were some guys that decided to, to pack it in, didn't make the trip. So I think maybe that even lent to the emotion is that the guys were, that were there felt like they were fighting for each other. Yeah. And I talked with some guys and asked them about, hey, when you get on the, the plane and you know you got less than 50 scholarship guys that are, dressed, that are going to be able to dress and play, and they said, you know, it's kind of you really appreciate those guys for making the trip and for finishing this off, even though it is a meaningless game, there's no bowl game on the line, you know, the – Lincoln Riley's not even coming up to watch it, but you're just finishing the season off. And uh, Andrew Voorhees said, you know, he, he said the same thing. He said, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. And he, he just summed up, that was the final words of his interview with me um, when talking about that. So I, I thought it was interesting that some guys just didn't make the trip and that they didn't travel a lot of guys because they could have traveled another six, eight walk-ons if they wanted. I'm sure those guys would have wanted the trip and to experience that, but they decided to keep it very tighten it and close and you know that all came out of that Wednesday practice that was really weird with them coming out 30 minutes late or 45 minutes late and you know some guys just not practicing and not not to make the trip either yeah <clears throat> excuse me in a similar vein I had a stock down for injuries um I had heard coming into the game that Keontae Ingram was not going to play and he finishes just shy of a thousand yards on the season 9-11 um and we don't know his fate right now we don't know what his future will be as a Trojan and whether or not he's going to go to the next level but that's kind of his end for his time at USC it, it kind of is unfortunate that that's the way uh, he finishes yeah and I talked to Mike Jinx and he said they found out early in the week like it just wasn't going to be a possibility but he wanted to make the trip and he wanted to be there and one of my go ahead and jump into my uh, heard it uh, real quick uh, and, and pull one away. Keontae Ingram on the sideline, coaching up Brandon Campbell. Two Texas guys. I I love the side. I love watching players coach up each other, and yeah. you know, especially older guys with younger guys. And he and you could see Brandon Campbell's confidence grow. And he had a back to back thirteen yard, eleven yard runs in the, in the fourth quarter. And you know, uh, talking to Keontae about that, and, and you know, he was just he lit up when he was talking about Brandon Campbell and you know the job that he was doing, kind of coaching on the sideline. And Mike Jinks wanted him to be a part of that. So they brought along four guys that were not dressed. 
Um, maybe maybe Gary Bryant, maybe Xavion Alford, they thought maybe they could play, but Keaton Slovis and Keontae Ingram come along even though they knew they were not going to play. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting to see him on the sideline coaching up BC and, and you know really trying to, to help out a young back and help him improve when he gets his first opportunity to be in there. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy that too, especially like PRPs or at least when we could see them, when, when players kind of uh, coach up the other players. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool to see. Yeah, PRPs you see – the freshmen are out there and the, the older guys are literally right behind them saying yeah. you go this way you go that way this is what you they're do they're all wide-eyed yeah. and they're trying to get a, a sense of everything it's <laughs> really interesting. interesting you know when yeah. they're two weeks on the campus or whatever it may be yeah i have no more stock up i mean excuse me stock down it's because we're on stock down stock down on Sorry. stock downs stock down on stock chris down. how many you got left <laughs> off the top of your head <laughs> chris has none um i'm gonna go stock down my final one is family feud exclusivity chris you might want to pay attention because apparently we are allowing Chris Trevino to be a full-time member of the Family Feud podcast. What? <laughs> I just blew my mic out. Chris Trevino, we are presenting you with a trophy of, and we're bestowing official member status to you. Here is your trophy, <laughs> official member. Uh, I just smudged it. I couldn't get it engraved, so I'm sorry. We are busy with football. Official member status, Chrissy T. This was your last intro of Cousin of the Pod. <laughs> He's speechless. Speech, My first speech, thought is speech, that's such speech, a great... Speech, speech. Uh, <laughs> wow, I, I don't know what to say here. Um, first thought is, wow, I am just so... You want to take your award? I, like, should I chuck it to you? <laughs> Ready? Oh, God. <laughs> you got it. I, I, I really don't know who to... Th- thank right now i guess i have to thank both of you first and foremost for um inviting me on to be a part of this podcast and this whole crazy uh journey in 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 the pandemic just because you guys were bored of talking to each other (laughs) and now here we are um thank you for giving me my own letting me do my own segment thank you for letting me make stupid jokes all the time and running bits visual and audio (laughs) auditorial bits um uh keila i know it drives you crazy at the start of take it or leave it when i take forever you just yelled at me before that so thank you for putting (laughs) up with that okay sure thank you for putting up with my f-bombs yeah uh shotgun thank you for being part of the helium boys uh group uh wow this means at the end of this podcast i have to declare if i'm stock neutral or not (gasps) Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I have to. I, I don't know what to do there. I was not expecting this. So thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to go put this in my room. Perfect. I'm going to get a little stand and put it above my bed. I was nervous for this stock down. Not going to lie. And Chris wasn't paying attention. So I was like, you better, you better <laughs> listen to this because you're on this pod. Well, first off, Chris, thank you for joining us way back when in the pandemic. Your comedy your insights uh have been great to the podcast and i think all their listeners will this, agree this is too real i know you're doing too real no <laughs> it's this, true. i wanted to be a joke in there somewhere <laughs> this is too real and too emotional and you've been using your gravelly voice this whole podcast gravelly so far and voice. it's been driving me insane yeah. how about that yeah. <laughs> so now what happens i don't know um you can't make any jokes about it and that guy who keeps tweeting at us i believe it's kyle kyle <laughs> you're welcome he's now an official <laughs> member thank you to kyle for <laughs> Bugging the shit out of these two for the last, <laughs> and I must know, was the vote unanimous? It was. Was it anonymous? It was anonymous. <laughs> it was anonymous it was, vote. Yes, it was anonymous vote between yeah. two. Yeah, 
I really wanted to get it engraved, but then I called Chalk and I was like, what should I do? And he's like, it would be too official if you made it engraved. So <laughs> yeah. Especially now that there's a smudge on it, yeah. it makes it even better. Yeah. Right. It, it it sums up perfectly. Yeah, it's like, a it looks It looks official, but but not really. Yeah, it's it, perfect. I, I think it's perfect. It's perfect. Okay. I don't know if you can see that. I'm happy. So which mic do I talk into? This one? <laughs> no, you talk oh, okay. into the real mic, okay. not the trophy mic. I thought it was like a... Describe what it is for the people. Yeah, it's it's a little phallic, but it is a <laughs> microphone. <laughs> it is a microphone, a small microphone. <laughs> oh, uh, is that gonna get cut? My first joke. It is gonna get cut. It's it's a little microphone. It's gray. It's on a mini stand, and it says official podcast member Chrissy T. But podcast is very heavily smudged, so it just says official member Chrissy T. Well, I think when I grabbed it out of my backpack, right. I just like did a full like official, thumb smudge. Official cast member. <laughs> it says official cast member, so that still works Chrissy T. It's like Disney. You're yeah. a cast member. So and it's 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 yeah. There it is. We'll get it we'll get the video clip up. We'll get the point. video clip. Nice. We got the video. Congratulations, Chris. Congratulations, Chris. You deserve it. And then some well done. Uh, I think it's time now. In honor of Chris, to go to his favorite segment of the podcast. <laughs> it's true. Very true. Heard it on the sideline. And Shotgun actually made me write down these as it was happening during the game. And I'm really glad he did because I had no idea when we... I, do the same, I did the same thing to Chris during the, during the drive. You would say something. I'd be like, write it down. Write it, or yeah, you know, while we're walking back from the stadium. You were our dad. So, yeah. Uh, heard it on the sideline. I'll start first. It was... Wow. You're giving him a present as... He's a member now, and you give him present. Don't even make him yeah, go first. Yeah, you don't even make me go first. Chris, go first. Oh, no. Well, work, your, work your membership now. <laughs> um, I have just two. Do you want me to do both? Sure. One is non-relevant to football at all. That's fine. <laughs> That's what it's about. Well, I got lost going down to the stadium. <laughs> I gave you good like, directions, yeah, too. You, you, but I'm not great at directions. As anyone who's driven with me, I'm not great at it. But I was on the field. And I never get to be on the field. I've never been to be, gotten to be on the field this season because I do rapid recap and I get down late. And there's no. Yes, I, you have. Yeah, but I meant like there's stuff going on. Oh, okay. Like there's players out. I can take photos. I can see what's going on. I always just have to walk straight into the tunnel and or well, wherever you the, the, the first game of the season. But yes. Oh, that's true. But <laughs> okay. I, I that was like ten years ago. Okay. Yeah. True. 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 But having been up in the press box and like Keely pointed out, it was like a high school scene. Or whatever. There was just like everyone was on the field. But I got this really weird clip of like Vavai signing autographs for somebody. Uh, a jersey for somebody. Some guy was asking every player he could find. And then Corey Foreman comes bouncing up. No, Andrew Voorhees walks by, finds your camera, and like fights on it. He's like waving to somebody. He fights I the camera? <laughs> no. And then Corey comes out of nowhere and like skips into Vavai's autograph session to like also sign. And then all of a sudden, Dante Williams comes out of nowhere and is like, Vi, we got to go in the locker room. And he like pulls Corey away from signing. He was like, you just lost. You're a little too happy. Or yeah. something to that effect. It's like, Corey, you lost. lost. You're a little too happy or something like that. So he pulls him off and they go in the locker room. And it's just a very bizarre moment. And I put it up on our TikTok Plug the TikTok at the Peristyle. If you're not following us, follow us. A lot of, a lot of fun stuff. Tick the talk. Tick the talk. Uh, follow us at the Peristyle, um, but yeah, that was sort of my weird interaction on the field. So since you're there, I'm just going there now. Yeah, yeah. I heard it. Go for it. It just had last season of high school football game vibes. That was not a good sentence, but you get what I mean. Because Cal fans just rushed on. Slow rush too. Slow rush. It was like 
like hesitant. A trickle. It was like trickle to yeah. begin with, and then finally people started coming out. And then USC fans came on, and then parents came on. So then it was like players with parents at the end, and like obviously they all knew it was the last game. So it was just kind of down faces. It was weird. And the thing is, is I'm kind of skittish when it comes to people running on the field. Like ever since Wazoo 2017, I'm a little like, ooh, this is scary. Because then there was BYU that freaked me out. So then when this happened, I kind of like backed up a little bit. And so... As Chris mentioned, he's not on the field as soon as he usually is. So I turn and there's this man with a mask, his hood on, and like nondescript clothing running at me. <laughs> it turned out to be Chris. But <laughs> I realized over like a little gremlin. Yeah. And like very intensely running. I mean, I was about to like karate chop him. It was not great. Well, because I was you looking for everyone me. and I didn't see anyone. And then I see you tweeting and I'm like, I'm gonna get her. <laughs> I forgot about the BYU rush the field. Yeah, I talked about it yesterday, so that's how I remember. At some point, uh, this came up. I don't remember if it was this podcast or something about rushing the field. I was like, I don't know if I've ever been a part of it. And then I th- started thinking back to it. And like, I've been a part of like seven of them now. <laughs> Aren't you cool, Sean? Stan- well, Stanford, they rush the field almost every time they beat USC at Stanford. Really? They've done it like three times. I don't so uh, that, that's a big part of it. USC rushed the field against Stanford when Orgeron was there. BYU won that one uh, against Cal. So there's been a few of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, so that was my uh, Chris. I thought Chris was going to tackle me on the field, and it was very <laughs> scary, but I didn't know it was Chris. Um, Wait, to continue with that, yes. um, you mentioned that it felt like a, uh, a high school game. Yeah. Um, we talked about this before. It felt like a high school scrimmage before the game, too, with how few people USC had on, on their sideline, with how few fans were there You know, as the game was about to start. It really felt like high school, you know, scrimmage and you know post game just felt like okay it was the final game of a high school season so you know keely described them both then give her credit for that but definitely that's what it felt like because of the weird hey we're going to add this game to the schedule at the very end this is the the penultimate regular season game um so usc plays and then the only other regular season game remaining is anybody anybody army navy next week oh right or this yeah. weekend yep, yep yep to the servicemen yep and women. Yep. But they don't play. They're in the stands, though. They should play, though. Well, I mean, if they like football and would like to play. <laughs> um, I had to go to the start of the game. Not a lot of people. For a while, um, the USC Trojan Marching Band was the largest contingent of people in the stadium. True. Yes, yes. And then um, as the game was getting closer to kicking off, there was a staff member... Um, who turned to Brandon Sosna, and he's kind of notorious for being a little loud or stressed in the, the press box during games. He turned to Brandon and said, don't bang on the windows too hard. We might hear you from down here. <laughs> so <laughs> I just thought that was a funny little uh, moment because that's how it was just kind of quiet and kind of it had a scrimmage vibe like, oh, it's a it's a winter scrimmage and this is a good turnout. And it was just weird, especially after watching championship games all day. And then it was like, here's very true. Cal and so Stan- much on the I mean, line. USC. Yeah. For, for some of those games. And, um, you know, it felt like a scrimmage because of who played. You know, so many guys that hadn't got playing time this year. And one of my hurdles was after the game, Prophet Brown, who's from NorCal, comes out of the locker room and he has 10 to 15 family members there cheering and going and loud for him. And it was, it was a great moment just to see because it kind of makes you remember. I know people get on our message boards and, you know, try to chew out some of the players and, you know, the players that didn't come on the trip and everything else. But that makes you, that reminds you of 
why some of these guys are playing and the opportunity to play in front of family, his first career start, he played fine. Um, and and to, for his family to be there to see it, I thought that was really cool. And for them to be standing outside the locker room waiting for him and just, he w- he lit up as soon as he came out that door and saw everybody, just a huge smile on his face. And he had the, in, that smile on his face for about 15 minutes because I talked to him. It took a little while before he got through the family and was ready to go and I talked to him and interviewed him. Uh, but that was really cool, I thought. My final heard it, um, is just something I noticed during the game. And it kind of speaks to just like who Vivai is as a person. Like he's, he's kind of underrated as far as just like a glue guy, a guy who's always like there for his teammates. Um, there was a play where Vi had ran hard. He kind of ran into some trash and then kind of landed on Andrew Voorhees and Vi with the ball in his hand is trying to pick up Voorhees with the other hand and Voorhees is huge and he's like trying to pick him up and it's like okay you're good okay gives the ball back to the ref and like goes runs back to the the huddle and I just thought it was funny it's just very indicative of, of Vi where it's like it, it doesn't matter if you were the one who just got banged up or have the ball in your hand let's help up this large man because you're you're near him you know so I just thought it was interesting especially since it was his last game as a Trojan that this big boy and possibly Andrew Voorhees the last game he's got a decision to make as well um and that was in the two-minute drill where USC didn't use a timeout, uh, which is just really weird. They had opportunities to and chose not to and end up missing a field goal, I think it was, on that one. But my final hurt is going to be end on a positive note. Kyle Ford scores a touchdown, you know, goes beast mode on a guy, puts a stiff arm on him, and then John Jackson just nudges him out with his hip uh, to give free path for the touchdown. And then Kyle Ford in the end zone does some curls, some air curls to show that he, he's too strong for Kyle. But coming to the sideline, he was so excited. Just seeing the excitement in his his face, um, scoring that touchdown and you know going beast mode on it. It was really fun to see as well because he's a kid that we've seen go through two knee injuries. And he actually got banged up in this game as well. And I, I think they were checking his knee. Now, Keely, you talked to him. I think he said – he said he was fine, but he said he was fine. But we've heard we've, that from a lot of people. Yeah, as we've established on this podcast, that's the kiss of death. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then we two weeks later, there. still yeah. out. Yeah. Um, so we hope he's fine and he has time to recover. So hope it's nothing serious there. But just seeing the excitement, everyone wanted to give him a hug. Hug from Kerry Colbert. Big chest bump from Jackson Dart. Slapping hands with John Jackson, who those are really good buddies. You know, second team guys that haven't got their opportunities. Just slapping hands and super excited that they were on the field uh, and were able to celebrate together on the field first, but then back on the bench. Everybody was just coming up to give him daps. So uh, I thought that was kind of cool as well. I lied. I have one more heard it. Um, so I talked to Kyle Ford after the game, and I was I was talking about. Miller Moss, you know, they're close. And so I was asking about like his first true playing time. And he was like, I went up to him and I was like, those juke moves, like teach me those juke moves. I didn't know Miller Moss had juke moves. So then, and Miller is kind of good at, at, at interviews and being candid. So in the interview with Miller Moss, I was like, Kyle Ford said he didn't know you had Duke moves. Did you know you had it? And Miller just laughs. And his first response is, Kyle's an idiot. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> I just thought that was funny because it was such like a, you know, their friends candid moment. Um, so that was my final um, stock up. I mean, why do I keep saying stock up? I don't know. You really I don't want, know. You really, you really want some want. positive. Well, you guys are busy over there, so I'm trying to fill the air. And you want <laughs> to fill the air for us? Come on. Hard. You know I can do always do that. That's true. We're helium boys. You don't need to fill the air. We're full of air. <laughs> oh, That's true. That is true. Nice. You're, you're, you just did like hey, an ET point. It. Hey. <laughs> and Chris is just holding his mic trophy. Just uh, so, so. My final one that has nothing to do with the game. I was waiting to go down to the field. Uh, I was waiting with a group of people, and then all the USC coaches in the press box or coaching box all came out so they got first dibs of the of the uh the the service elevator so i had to wait for another shift all by myself 
And this lady, one of the like guards or facility people was waiting there. And she was like, is the game over? Is it like over, over? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, yes, I can leave. So she leaves. And I'm waiting by myself to go to the elevator. And then she comes back like 10 seconds later, pops her head in. And she's like, hey, are you an artist? <laughs> and I'm like, not that I know of. So she like pops her head out. And then when I say that, she's like, that's enough to draw her. And so she comes back in. She's like, I'm an artist and I make these things. I make jewelry. Um, and then she comes over. She gives me a business card. Oh, look at that networking <laughs> and every she, opportunity. And she pulls out like a little sack of... Uh, uh, of uh, Beads? No, not beads. <laughs> uh, crystal jewelry. And I'm like, those are cool. They were actually pretty cool. And But she gave me her business card. I was like, yeah, if you want to buy some, let me know. Uh, I was like, okay. She said, text me. And her name was a very unique name. I don't know if I'm going to say it right, but it's like Michelea or something. I think I said that right. Michelea. Very interesting name. She had green hair. Uh, she was uh, very intriguing looking. And, you know, she was very nice. And shout out to her. But it was just the, the opening of like, you're an artist? She knew how to pique your curiosity. Yeah, I guess. Good salesman. Maybe she thought you were an R&B artist, by the way. You're holding that mic. Yeah. <laughs> He's just holding his mic. Yeah, I'm just, just I'm two mics. Two mics. Two mics, two phones. Two mic in it. Um, yeah, if Shotgun, we have, like, I guess the perfect weird one to end on to True. extend Heard It. Um, but I'll let Shotgun take this away. Yeah, we're trying to get back to the Airbnb um, from the game. It's like almost two in the morning or already two in the morning. Um, and we're going, we get off on a ramp and it's a kind of a wraparound ramp. And as we're going, there's a car coming at us. And we're like, what? Well, yeah, Sorry. from the opposite going at us. And I thought I was crazy. I thought, did I get on the wrong thing? <laughs> I'm like, what is this person doing? I know that he's going the right way. And I'm like, what is this person doing? And they're like flashing their lights and stuff. And Chris is slowing down. The guy rolls down his window. He's like, major accident. Uh, he, he's like, he's like, I'm turning around. I'm doing a U-turn on this. So he goes. And so we were like, well, we, we don't know any other way. I'm looking at it. And it's like, there's a conglomeration of freeways. So there's no real like true exit for me if we were to turn around. And I'm sure Chris is going to freak out if we try to turn around and go backwards on a ramp. I'm the safest driver there is. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. opposite on a yeah. ramp. So I'm like, I guess we just got to keep going. So we go up and traffic is stopped. And we're sitting there, and we're just like, what is going on here? We can't see because the ramp is a little bit of a decline from where we're at, so we can't see what the wreck is. There's people outside their car standing up. Like in club out attire. Yeah, everyone's in club attire. Oh, wow. And Chris is like, why are they? I'm like, well, they probably just came back from a bar or a club. Um, but then eventually some police cars come up and, and start trying to go through the traffic, and everyone's trying to move over a little bit. And then we see a huge plume of smoke. So we're like, oh, is there a fire? Um, and then you hear the sirens and stuff. And it's suddenly there's a shootout. Excuse me? Definitely a shootout. We, we there's gunfire of yeah. some sort. We have it on tape. A lot of wow. popping back and forth, it seemed like. Um, and we're like, okay, what is going on here? And apparently there's a shootout on this ramp or down from the ramp. And it, only probably 10 minutes later, it clears up and we're allowed to leave. They're so just was, moving people. Yeah. And it was like super quick for Did the Did you day. drive past the scene? We, or was it the, there was a We couldn't really tell. We have we took video of everything we saw when we so I have to review it, but oh there was goodness. like five cop cars be. and they were like swirling around. First they were letting people go straight because I was trying to go straight, but then they closed it down immediately. So we could only go right. And then it was just like a free for all. People were trying to go right. People were screaming and I had to like just maneuver it to the right. But we didn't see anything like a car on fire or like suspects or anything. It was just like <laughs> we didn't weird see suspects. Suspects. So it was just a whirlwind of activity. Wow. And we were and I spent like 
an hour last night trying to figure out on Twitter what was going on, but I could not wow. find anything out. Chris pulled up the the scanner, the police scanner, when we got back. Oh, I, I totally I, do that all the I time. I was like, yeah, I like what knowing. is happening? I need to solve this mystery. Well, that was like, I sorry, I was in Topanga randomly, and I was like trying to pick up food, and there was three helicopters over me, and I'm like, something's happening. So I go like full Twitter search mode, and then I realize it's the smashing grab at the Topanga Mall, which was crazy. Yeah, and there was all these cops racing around me, so I was like, huh. I used to do that when I lived downtown because there were probably, I think it was three or four high-speed chases uh, that became a little bit lower speed when they were going through downtown. But um, I would see, I would hear them, hear the, hear the ghetto birds and see the, the cop cars and hear the sirens. And I'd look out my window and I'd take some pictures of the guys that were they're speeding by. Oh, goodness. And then the ultimate hurt it from there when we had just gone through it. Shaka was like, if I had been less tired, I would have grabbed my camera and gone down there. Oh. I was like... My God! No, you wouldn't have. I would I'm not very have. Glad you were I would not have let you oh my do gosh. that. Okay, several questions. He also said, "I would pull Achilles here and not let you." What does that mean? Like, put your foot down. Like, oh, yeah. no, this is not happening. Yeah, yeah, no. We both would have if I was there. <laughs> Safety first, gentlemen. No, okay. Because I have you all on Tweet so I only saw the Tweet of like, oh, we're stuck in traffic. And I was like, oh, that's right. Ha <laughs> losers. And then I went back and I was thinking I was trying to find one of your tweets from the game. And it was like four in the morning. And I'm like, I see the, oh, when there's shots fired. And I was like, are you guys okay? <laughs> I was very concerned. Um, and Chris, knowing you and how you drive, you get stressed going 66 on a 65. What was this like for you? I feel like you were... Were you sweaty? Sitting there? The no, wheel? I was more cranky because I was hungry. Oh. So we tried to go to Jack in the sure. Box and the line was ridiculous. Like, no, it's not worth it. So I had Apple Jacks <laughs> at the place. I was just like, I just want to eat Apple Jacks. <laughs> he just wanted to go to sleep. I just want Apple Jacks. So it was very, that was the situation until <laughs> until everything started happening. Then it was like, something's interesting. <laughs> Were your news, like your news yeah, ears our, perked? Our, yeah. Your Which is why instinct? he wanted to go down there and shoot a shootout. That's how you no. That's that's bad. the wrong type of equipment for a shootout. A camera. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah, you, type you, of shooting. You're, the, you're behind the wrong. you wrong equipment there. Yep. Yeah, I could have got it. Well, gentlemen, we have a historic number amount of questions to get through, and we're already running late on this podcast, so this will go great. Um, we're at the hour mark. Probably when you edit, it'll be a little bit late, shorter. When you, meaning me, um, <laughs> us, us together, together collectively. Let's jump into some questions, Shoddy. This is where your promise has to hold true. All right, I'm going for it. Chris A. says, uh, what is the reasonable time frame for Lincoln Riley to have his entire staff in place? Uh, about, I would say a week from like midweek. I would say like a week you would want to have everyone fully, maybe by this weekend. When so, you had your last visit, official visitor yeah. weekend. I heard that they might be okay rolling with an incomplete staff into early signing period. I mean, it might happen if you have you know some names that we've heard out there that may stay through a bowl game. Um, but you know they're going to be on staff. Now, if you could communicate that to the player and if that coach can communicate that via text or whatever um, and there's a guarantee, then I think that's fine. But the more people you have, the more attention you can pay to so many other of the players that you want to bring in on this. This is going to be a huge official visit weekend for USC. Uh, some of the names that we've heard, big-time targets for USC, and they need to close as you know as strong as they can. Obviously, there's still in-home visits that the coaching staff will do. And you're just going to be extremely thin on the in-home visits when you only have four guys that are currently on staff. So uh, the more guys they can get in, the quicker they can get them in, the better for that recruiting effort. doesn't really matter for the whole coaching staff and everything else as far as the, the current roster, but you need that, that current guy. Now, for the current roster, though, 
you do need to get guys in as soon as possible for those guys that are making their decisions. So you want to be able to have that in there as well. So the sooner the better. John said, which running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends are coming back to play for USC in 2022? Running backs, receivers, and tight ends? Yes. Which skill players are remaining? Um, sounded like based on talking to Darwin Barlow and Brandon Campbell, I talked to both, they both sounded like they were excited about this offense and they were talking like for next year. Like it sounded like they would be back next year. Obviously you talked to Keontae, that one's still up in the air a little bit. Mm -hmm. Still talks to his family and stuff. Um, also talked to Lincoln Riley to see how he fits in this offense, how they would use him as well. Uh, Kyron Ware Hudson, I talked to him. I asked him directly, do you plan on coming back? He said, yes, I plan on coming back. I would assume, you know, a guy like Michael Jackson, the third, he had a really nice game to end the season. I would assume he we did not get to, I did not get to talk to him. Um, I would assume he would be coming back, you know, maybe a guy, you know, with the Texas staff, the guys I think you should look at outside of, you know, Campbell and Darwin, who I just mentioned, kind of the Texas guys, just because, you know, the guys are recruited and the Texas transplant guys are gone now. So like maybe like a, a guy like Joseph Manjack would want to be closer to home or, or, or go somewhere else. Um, just throwing that out there. I mean, it's an exciting offense, so you don't think that a bunch of guys are just going to immediately jump into the portal um, or immediately decide to do something else. These are the guys we know are gone. Katie Nixon is out of uh, eligibility. Eric Cromenhook is out of eligibility. Vivai Malapai, Quincy Junty, out of eligibility. Keontae Ingram, I still think he's probably leaving. Drake London, he's probably leaving. There's two big question marks in Keenan Kristen and Brew McCoy. You know, what does USC, the school, do with their situations how quickly does that get resolved? If it, there's no quick re resolution, I think both those guys are gone too because they want to play football. Uh, if USC is not letting them, then they're going to go somewhere that does let them. The rest of the, the roster, I think you want to stay and play in this offense. It seems like so much fun to play in. Everyone, the ball's getting spread around, everything else. And you've seen some guys really step up. And I feel like everyone had a little bit of an opportunity and everyone made some plays from the rest of that group that, you know, they got some opportunity. So I think the coaching staff can look at it and be like, okay, we got some players that we can, we can work with. So, I think it's hard to say that any of those other guys will necessarily, but I think Chris has a great point about the guys that were recruited from the Texas guys, you know, whether they decide this isn't the place for me. Yeah. And I definitely think that guys who I think were intent on either transferring or leaving or just being done, the Lincoln Riley hire gave them pause. So I think that's a, a new factor to work in for their decisions. And Nick said, who are, who is USC stealing from the porthole? Shouts to Gerard. It's going to be a wild 10 days. Portal recruiting is a little bit diffi more difficult to uh, see, but I'm assuming that USC is going to have to uh, hit the porthole hard for offensive linemen and, you know, trench guys. Those are the hardest positions to come straight out of high school and contribute day one, just because in high school you're used to dominating as a top offensive lineman, but when you're in, or defensive lineman, and, but when you're in high school, or I mean, when you're in college, you know, you're going against grown men who have been in a college program for multiple years. So, you know, it's you can do it, especially if you're like a like a Josh Connerly or a Devin Campbell. Those guys could uh, high profile defensive lineman, offensive lineman can make the jump a lot quicker. Um, but still experience tends to go be, be more valued when it comes to offensive linemen and defensive linemen. So I would assume the portal um would have to be hit a little bit harder than other positions like skill guys. Um, I don't have any names off the top of my head for you right now, but that will be a developing thing. It seems like the, the staff is more focused right now 
on high school prospects. Yeah, they have to be because uh, a lot of the portal will come out a little bit later, I think. Uh, some of the marquee names, some of that comes after spring. So they're going to probably leave some spots open. Lincoln Riley has recruited offensive linemen well from the portal. They've gotten a number of them at Oklahoma, and that's one of the toughest positions to get guys. I think the first name that you got to look at is Elias Ricks, though. You know, a star cornerback. You know, can USC land him? Because you're you're losing Chris Dill and you're losing Isaac Taylor Stewart most likely. So we'll see. You know, you need some some depth. You need some experience there. So if those two guys are gone, Elias Ricks will be a huge uh, coup for USC. We got similar questions from Steve and JB three predictions as to how many freshman four star offensive and defensive line recruits USC will sign. How about any O line D line commits? We need those more than skill guys. D, D commits is that what they said? No, no commits. D line um, commits. Oh, sounds like it's saying the same question twice. Uh, I'll say because if you pay attention, I said these are two similar questions. <laughs> oh, you're stacking them. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'll go four. You didn't. You say you said give me a number. Okay, I didn't. Steve Unger did. I don't know why you said it like that. <laughs> okay, I'm moving I'm, on. I'm gonna go with at least two offensive linemen and maybe three defensive linemen, and we'll see if they can do that. Kyle sent in a question that said, will you and Keely is my name vote on Chris Trevino Family Feud Pod membership? Well, Kyle. We, vote, we voted anonymously. I'm, I'm happy to tell you that he is now a member. Chris, has it sunk in yet? It has not <laughs> sunk in. He's singing it to his trophy. Uh, we got a question from John who said, Shoddy, looking ahead for USC Hoops, what do you see as their f- likely final record and final ranking? And are there any games on their schedule that might be surprise losses? Oop, there it is. <laughs> sure, there might be some surprise losses along the way. Final record, that's hard to, to judge from here. I, if I'm throwing out a number, I'm going to go with seven losses. So that'd be like a 25-7 and seven season, mm-hmm. something like that, which would be really good. Um, I think they do have a chance of making another run in the NCAA tournament. Really experienced team. Got great depth, and if everyone stays healthy and everyone stays bought in, then I think this could be a, a, another special year for USC. Well done. Well, we had a question from Todd who said, it's looking like the early signing date has unintended consequences. Are you hearing any push to change or eliminate it? From us, yes. It's done. <laughs> yeah, I think media, there's a, been a steady outcry to push it push it back or push it to you had a thing about summer but i don't i don't think i've heard anything official about yeah we haven't heard it being voted on or anything like that but my opinion i like the early signing period for the players hey get it out of the way get done but do that if you are committed and you know that's the school you want to go to do it before your senior season even starts that locks the player in that locks the the school in and then players can be free because that's what a lot of players tell us when they commit before their senior year. They're like, I just want to get it done with. I want to be done with the recruiting process. So let those guys be done. Let it not be this ridiculous coaching carousel that has to be finished right before. I was listening to one podcast. can't remember which one it was. But uh, they talked about Charlie Weiss when he went to Notre Dame. He, was, he did his uh, signing day from the Super Bowl because he was still working with the Patriots. They had just hired him right before the Super Bowl started. So uh, that doesn't happen anymore. You have to get a coach immediately, and that's why you're seeing all this turnover so quickly. And I, I think if you give school, if you move the date, it gives schools more opportunity to completely vet these so you're not making these deci- decisions over and over every two or three years, which I think is what you're going to see if they keep it this way. D. Zotha said, when coaches go on recruiting trips, do they go with an assistant slash driver? Do they take the USC private jet or just Uber? I think it's a combination of all that. I mean, yeah. I think it depends, but I'm sure I'm sure there's jetting. 
I'm sure some of them go <laughs> go with uh, you know assistants or fellow coaches. You know, wide receiver coach, defense coordinator. You're going in pairs sometimes. Sometimes you're going solo. Whatever's quicker, more you know accessible. And I don't know the driving situation. I'm sure if you're going to multiple places, you get a car rented or something like that. I don't know if you have a driver, but uh, I I don't know if like Lincoln's pushing a Lincoln by himself or he has someone to push the link for him, but. I, I don't know those situations, but he was doing an interview in a car, so assuming someone was driving for him. Well, he had some assistance on there. So I actually, this is interesting that this question came up because I said to Chris, I was like, it's crazy to me that we've never heard about a coach crashing and having an unfortunate accident with the sleep schedule that he talked about with Lincoln Riley. The fact that they're moving from go to go to go and your body gets so tired from uh, the travel at this time of year, if they're driving everywhere. Now, he had assistance with him, and I, th- I would guess an assistant was, go- was driving that because he was sitting in the back seat. Maybe the head coach gets a driver at times, but you're not going to get a driver for 10 assistants if they're going 10 different places. You know, that's just not realistic, I don't think. That, and especially because coaches want to be on the go from one high school to the next when they're uh, in, you know, metropolis areas and they can hit up multiple schools. So it's very interesting that they do it. But the private jet is definitely part of it. You remember Dory Jackson got to take his, you know, did his photo shoot with the Heisman Trophy on the private jet, uh, kind of showing uh, the power of USC and what they could do. So, you know, Priority recruits, they'll, they'll, get the, they'll break out the private jet to get out to. Rob C. said specifically, what's been the hardest part of your job, and do you see that changing with the new staff? What are you most looking forward to? Hardest part of our job is just sort of maybe dealing with fan apathy and fan anger and getting the same when will Clay Helton be fired question every freaking time. Yeah, the echo chamber of negativity was really rough. I think that's when people – fans in general forget that there are humans involved not just coaching staff but also we're just posting because it's our job like right. we're not trying to like force feed you clay hilton news he's just the coach you know so i think that was the hardest part is like knowing that okay i just worked on this story or this post or whatever and it's gonna receive downvotes and people being like why are you doing this to us it's like okay sorry <laughs> yeah, i think that's a great way to put it the echo chamber of negativity it's a great phrase right there it, that's the biggest thing it's just there's been so much negativity build up and us three, we're all pretty positive people in general. So, you know, when it's constant, a barrage of negativity and sometimes it's directed at us, most of the time it's not, but still it kind of wears on anyone when uh, there's constant and it's kind of, you know, when the stress and the weight of things, just that's why you see presidents age so much in their four years. um, And why you see head coaches, I think you see the same thing. Uh, So I think that's been the biggest issue or the biggest, uh, the hardest part where we're most looking forward to, you know, offense scoring in the red zone. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Honestly, I just think USC fans being happy again. Like, I forget the brand power of USC. That's how long it's been. I know I think I said that last week, too. But the just the engagements we're getting, the the numbers and stuff, and people actually being interested in, in the content, again, was, is really fun just because, you know, that's our job. And I like people being interested in what we do. <laughs> First, first time that everyone's been excited uh, together, I think, on the USC beat um, since I arrived in L.A. in 2009. And I'll just say recruiting. It's going to be fun covering, you know, I don't want to say better, but more high profile profile athletes getting to go to national events now because Mm -hmm. there are more bigger targets there. So I would say that. I'm trying to call dibs on the Polynesian Bowl every year. Mm. You definitely are. Hawaii. Uh, we got two questions, Chris, that are similar, so I'm putting them okay. together. I hear, I hear you. I hear okay, you. just making sure you I hear, hear you. this. I hear you. Sev says, will Dante stay? And then L.A. Portland said, what's the impact on recruiting if Dante leaves? What is the impact on recruiting if he leaves for UW? Impact on recruiting? I think 
you uh, Lincoln Riley's uh, the the staff that he's building is going to be very good at recruiting. I don't think it'll be such a a uh, notable drop off. Uh, you know, that's a guy who. Uh, what is happening? I'm <laughs> trying to talk, and you guys are showing each other a blank. I, I don't know. Shotgun's showing me his. I did see that. Yeah. Uh, I'm all thrown off. This is a <laughs> test that I failed. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't think there will be a drop off. Dante Williams is an excellent recruiter, but you are bringing Lincoln Riley is bringing on more overall depth across the board recruiters. So I I don't think it'll it'll be a hurt hurt that much, but. I think if there's a way to get him on the staff, I think you should. He's an LA native. He understands USC. He's an incredible recruiter in these in the West Coast. So just another weapon. And you keep him away from someone else that could recruit against you. So speaking of recruiting, this is what Shotgun was trying to show me while you were talking. Apologies, Chris, and to our listeners. Bruce no, Feldman tweeted uh, source OU's Jamar Kane is expected to join Lincoln Riley's staff at USC. Kane, who is coached in the Pac-12 and has a lot of West Coast ties, is considered one of the country's top recruiters. Instant analysis, gentlemen, about this reported development. He is a uh, outside linebackers coach. Um, you know, obviously he's got those West Coast ties. But it's interesting. Uh, there's the potential of Roy Manning joining the staff. He's a cornerbacks coach. Um, and there's a lot of discussion about him when Damani Jackson mentioned that he was recruiting him while he's still in the Oklahoma staff. He's no longer on the Oklahoma uh, um, school hey, roster, yeah, yeah the, the coaching staff roster. But he's he w- was a linebacker in college and pl- was an outside linebackers coach at Michigan, so there was the possibility that maybe uh, Roy Manning could come as a linebackers coach. So we'll see if he – if, if they fill the inside linebackers coach with Brian Doan, I believe, Brian, I can't remember his last name, the other uh, linebackers coach at Oklahoma, or if Manning comes as a cornerback coach again. So it'll be interesting to see if that's the case. If Manning comes as a linebackers coach, then that opens up the possibility of Dante Williams staying as a cornerback coach. So we'll see how that plays out. And I know one of the questions was, what is the impact on recruiting if he leaves for UW? Because that's something that we've heard rumored as well uh, as a potential landing spot. If that happens... Seattle is becoming a, a, a hotbed of talent. Uh, we've seen JT Tuomolo out, was the number one uh, prospect last year in the 24-7 sports rankings. There's been some other big-time players. That'll make it that much more difficult for USC to go up there and steal some, some players from UW if he does land there. We have multiple questions again, Chris. Lex said, do you think Justin Flo will enter the portal? If he does, do you think he becomes a Trojan? And Chris said, uh, with Mario leaving Oregon and a new coaching staff coming in, how realistic is it to get Justin Flo? Uh, He hasn't been able to stay healthy, but the dude is a stud. That's his words. Is a stud when he is healthy. Um, I don't know about the potential of Flo leaving at this point. I mean, Dante was his recruiter out of high school and he stayed even when Dante, you know, left for USC. I know there was like a lot of chatter uh, after Dante left that Flo might take a look into the portal, you know, going into his freshman season. There was a lot of smoke that maybe, you know, USC was able to pull it off and keep him home when he was choosing out of high school. So if he did enter the portal, I would, I would uh, assume that he would take a nice hard look at coming back uh, to USC and, and uh, you know, joining the SoCal push that is emergence that is uh, happening under Lincoln Riley. We got a question from Tim uh, who said, as a USC grad with a daughter at Cal, sh- should I be more upset that my team with my team's loss or happy for her team's win? Happy for her team's win because there won't be many <laughs> if, if USC fans and Lincoln Riley does, if Lincoln Riley, you know, does what 
everyone's expecting him to do. So enjoy that win. That's what I say. <laughs> happy yeah, daughter, happy life. <laughs> Not <Right>. necessarily. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a lost season already for USC, so just give her this one. You know, you want the ones when USC is in contention for a, uh, you know, a Pac-12 championship or a, you know, potential spot in that college football playoff. Those are the ones that matter more than the one during an awful, terrible, no good 4-8 season. Jason, who might I add is a, a loyal listener of the pod, he says, how's the chemistry as far as you're able to tell in the basketball locker room with a rock and ain't no start, but also such a change in line, lineup slash playing time? Examples Isaiah White, Ethan Anderson. Will other pod members – oh, that's his question first. Sorry. Second question is, will other pod members be covering basketball also so you can get some sweet floor-level photos? I saw you – on the broadcast. Also, my room. It was like, is that shotgun? I'm like, yes, that is shotgun. Hoop, there it is. Roaming around. Uh, the chemistry, as far as I can tell, has been really good. You know, I've stopped by some practices before season. Uh, I stopped by practice last week, I believe it was, seeing the way they interact on the bench. And I talked about this during the Hurdle on the Sidelines podcast with Chris Trevino. Thanks again for jumping on, Chris. No problem. Um, but Malik Thomas is probably the last guy off the bench right now, the scholarship players. He's the Gatorade, you know, state player of the year last year, and he's jumping up and down on the on the bench, you know, congratulating everybody. Isaiah White brings that toughness, and I think the fact that, you know, he, he kind of knows what his role is right now. He's coming off that back injury. I think that, you know, once he gets back in complete shape, then I think he'll get a couple more minutes there. Ethan Anderson's been playing well. I don't think that he's, you know, he's been in and out of the lineup. Him and Max Agbapolo has kind of switched in and out, but I don't think that he's, uh, you know, you know, creating any chaos or anything in the locker room. And Andy Enfield's been really positive about him as well and his, and his pressure. So I think the chemistry is great so far. Again, as the season progresses, the, the the rotations kind of shrink a little bit. So we'll see if that continues. But so far, so good. And I think that's part of the reason why they are 8-0. I mean, the trip to Washington State, they weren't playing their best, you know, and they found a way to win. So uh, that tells you a lot about a team. You know, if you don't have great chemistry, those are the games you usually lose. And instead, they found a way. Big T wanted to know, what does Enfield need to do to get a contract extension? Is it, a, is it as simple as that he's not Bones Guy? Pretty hard to argue with, with where the program is now compared to when he took over. Hoop, there it is. Uh, it's a great question. Um, now, USC, I've asked around, and USC said that they wouldn't announce if he had a contract extension, but I know that he does not have a contract extension yet. So uh, it makes you wonder if you know it's a difference of he's, it's not the AD's hire. But because the basketball team is doing great things and is at a level that they haven't been at since Tim Floyd was there and has gone and surpassed that uh, to the level where the Brandon Granville team went to the Elite Eight. So uh, I think it's it's interesting that that hasn't happened yet, but it doesn't sound like USC is going to release a press release if that is, if they do make a contract extension with him. But if I find out that he has gotten one, I'll let you guys know. Therese said, USC needs a quarterback in the 2022 class. Any chance that Lincoln Riley uh, flips the Servite trio of Noah Fafita – i sorry if I said this wrong, wrong. Kean Burnett and T-Mac. Also, I got a text the other day that was like, who's T-Mac? You guys always say that, but I don't know who he is. Someone pronounce his full name. That's Shotgun. Tetoroya. Tetoroya. Sorry. I knew what it was before he became an Oregon commit. And then when he was a... Then you kind of lose the pronunciation. I think it's Tetoroya McMillan. As long as you say things fast, that people usually trust you. Uh, but, yeah, T-Mac is what everybody calls him, um, elite volleyball player, elite wide receiver, the best seven-on-seven seven player I've ever seen. Um, so he's an elite guy, and now with with Mario Cristobal leaving, that's the number one target from that class that USC will be looking at. 
they also said uh, Fafita seems like a good fit for Riley's offense and a bridge to 2023 with Malachi Nelson coming in? Question mark. There was talk before Riley came on that USC was looking potentially to pop on an offer to to officially offer uh, Noah. Um, obviously, they've had a great season. You know, made it to the CIF Division One Championship. Um, it would probably help with uh, you know his childhood friends. Keontae. Keontae is uh, Keon is a uh, Arizona a legacy. So that would be a little bit tougher. Uh, T-Mac, obviously, that would be a big pull for them. But the other name to look out for would be Malik uh, Murphy, uh, the Sarah quarterback, Texas commit. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, USC maybe making a run at him. There was talk that Texas was cooling on him a little bit. You know, they were pursuing Devin Brown um, before he went in uh, uh, the former USC commit who is now at Ohio State. So, but Murphy has, you know, risen his stock. You know, he's led, led his team to a, uh, a CIF championship, a regional championship. Now they're playing for a state championship so you know i think it would be you kick the tires on murphy you know keep him home you know that you do need a quarterback in this class um because it's getting a little thin but also also goes back to the whole caleb williams will he won't he maybe transfer thing so that's a whole nother can of worms but those are two names that i would i would throw out there yes murphy's a very projectable qb big body tremendous arm huge arm um and he was a lead 11 guy so that's an interesting name to throw out. Burnett, I will mention, you mentioned he is an Arizona legacy, but he was a USC commit at one time. So does mm-hmm. USC get back in that mix? will be interesting. Wayne said, can you provide updates from Sunday's recruiting event if possible? We threw out all the names over there, high profile. Also a couple of uh, interesting people that were in the background of shots. Um, very, very deep background searching for us. You mean Dom Davis and CJ Pollard? Also notable to uh, to you know Dominic Davis is actually Roderick Pleasant's older uh, older brother, so former USC player CJ Pollard, former USC safety that transferred out, but he's the the DBs coach at Gardena Sierra. Obviously, both those guys still love USC, but in the background we saw Annie Hansen, who was the Oklahoma recruiting coordinator. So it looks like she's going to be coming. There's been uh, there's been reports that her husband Zach Hansen, who was the offensive line coach at Tulsa, will be coming to USC as the tight ends coach. And we may or may not have seen him in, in one of the photos as well. It's a side view; you can't really tell to be exact, but we're checking on it. CSI pair style. <laughs> so we're back on it. We're back on it. New yep. season, baby. Yep. Uh, we got a question from Nick who says, "How many defensive linemen does USC have now? I know we're looking for some new dudes, but we need depth too." As we mentioned. Jacob Lichtenstein entered the transfer portal on Monday morning. Um, take it away, gentlemen. I'm looking up the numbers here. Um, you know, these are the guys that could return. Brandon Peely um, is a question mark. Uh, he's coming off that Achilles injury. Nick Figueroa has already said that he is coming back. Jacob Lichtenstein has said he's not coming back. That's all the older guys. Everyone else, I believe, has a full four years of eligibility remaining, or at least at least three after this year. So you've got several names there. Dejon Benton, Stanley Taufu, Kobe Pepe, Jamar Sakona, Ismail Sopshir. Mananoa Tufano is still on the roster. Colin Mobley, Corey Foreman, and Tuli Tuipolo too. So there is some depth there as far as numbers, but you obviously want to add to that. You want to add some talented depth because not a ton of those guys have played a bunch before this season, and you need that big body in the middle that they're still looking for. Can Ismail Sopshir come back and be healthy? Can Brandon Peely come back and be healthy? Somebody needs to be that. They need that nose tackle that can take up two blockers. We got a DM from SC Dad who said, what's your prediction of current roster players, uh, the percentage that are on the 2022 roster? My guess is 25%, he says. That's a low 25% that are on the roster now that are next season? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very very low. low. I would say 80%. 
I'll go with 75 just for the sake of it. Oh, that's really he's predicting 21 and a quarter players will be remaining. Um, oh man, that three fourth of a that, of a player, <laughs> just a quarter of Dennis Lynch. Oh, <laughs> he's about a half. Put some respect but on he's Dennis also, Lynch's he's, name. He's, very he's also not a scholarship player, so he doesn't oh, count. Oh, you're right. Um, so out of the 85 scholarship players, I would expect somewhere. Honestly, I'm guessing around 40. I think there's going to be a lot of roster turnover. Yeah. Maybe 45. We'll see. I'm going to go with 45. That'll be my guess right now. We Loss of 40 players from the scholarship from this uh, current roster. We'll see. Uh, Joaquin says, shotgun, serious question. Do you believe the transfer portal is ruining or reducing high school recruits' chances of offers? And Joaquin has asked this multiple times in different forms, so I had to get this one in there. Um, Chris, I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but I think that the transfer portal is giving guys more opportunities but making it harder for, uh, for those – diamonds in the rough to have an opportunity at a big time school now the transfer portal also gives them a chance to hey you go to uc davis and you prove yourself two years in the fcs and suddenly fbs programs are looking at you or you go to a mountain west and suddenly pac-12 teams are looking at you i think that opens up that possibility more but i think some of those guys that are projectable guys that maybe you take it at the end of a class coaches are gonna be like no let's save that space in case we want to add somebody from the portal you never know who's going to enter the portal you never know when some big name or some talented guy that you were recruiting a cycle ago you know wants to make a change you're like you got to get back him seems like you always have to have at least a couple spots for the, for that potential exactly so instead of you know instead of getting a josh fatu on the day of signing day out of nowhere or dejan benton just kind of flipping them on that last day and say hey we we decided we have a spot you know someone you know we thought we were going to get isn't coming you got to leave space. So those guys that maybe maybe you think can develop and become good players down the road, they've got to go to a smaller school. So I think that's the big difference rather than you know reducing their chances of getting offers. Gary says, serious question, how many times did this, this season did Isaac Taylor Stewart miss a play because his helmet came off? I put the over-under at 6.5 and take the over. Love your insights on Tunnel Vision, which I watch every week. I'm just picking over and under. I would say over. I mean, I he, he had two on Saturday. He did have two on Saturday, and, and that is – if I was picking an over-under, that would be the number I'd pick. So he, he was spot on on that. If I'm guessing off the top of my head, I think it was seven, I think. I could go back and look and see how many, times, how many times he came out of a game um, in the middle of a drive, but I would have to go back and watch every single game if, to see the exact number. But I think it was seven. That would be my guess. We're almost done with questions, listeners. Thanks for hanging on. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, Giovanni said... Uh, if, and it's a big if because I know you've reported it, reported it already on the P, if USC doesn't get Bill Biedenbaugh, who do you think plan B or C is? Plan C for Biedenbaugh? <laughs> Biedenbaugh. Um, I don't have a – it's just been so focused on Biedenbaugh. I don't really have a name for you. Yeah, I mean, the, the easy answer is if Zach Hansen is coming from Tulsa to be the tight ends coach, you can move him there. I mean, maybe they make a run back at Clay McGuire if that if everything fell through. Uh, who uh, was announced yesterday is going to Washington State, returning there. Which congratulations to him on that. Uh, I thought he did a fantastic job this year with the offensive yeah. line. Their PFF numbers are the best they've ever been since 2014. This is not just Neil Callaway. This is multiple offensive line coaches. Um, so you know, I thought the the job was he did a tremendous job, and you know, we'll see what he can do at Washington State. Yeah, he he. The players really, his offensive linemen really love him, and you could tell how emotional they were, knowing that this was their last kind of moments with him on Saturday. Um, and just always such a great guy to talk to and, and get insights about 
just offensive line stuff and how USC was doing things. So I know I'm I had the beat, the Clay McGuire beat, and I had my final interview on Saturday. So wish him the best, obviously. Uh, we have some from the Helium Boys road trip. Apparently, we put in here. Uh, oh, you did put those in there? We have one, just one. Uh, Trojans one four nine four three said, uh, "If you could join Lincoln Riley's coaching staff, which position would you want to coach?" Tight ends, because I was a tight end. Oh. I would want to coach the receivers because the offense produces. No, I take that back. I want to produce. <laughs> I want to coach the quarterbacks because Lincoln Riley's going to going to be working with them. I'm going to get all the credit for being a great quarterbacks coach. So it's great on no, your resume. Not. Creating these Heisman. It it will be on his coaching resume. Yeah, he was like worked with the prolific passer uh, Steve Passerman, <laughs> who won the Heisman in 2013. Yeah. Steve Passerman. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kyler yes. Murray, Baker Mayfield, the QB coaches can put that on his resume. Sure. Or receivers coach. Same thing. Uh, Some big receivers there. I don't know. I think I want you to be wide receivers, though, Shotgun, because you have your famous tagline. <laughs> Catch the ball. Catch the ball. And he would spit so every time he said that. Yeah. It's <laughs> just be so angry. Oh, we got a question or an email from Josh from the Antelope Valley. Uh, who said, for the first time since the sanctions were announced, I'm excited for USC football. I'm ready for USC to dominate again. Um, he asks, uh, facility upgrades were alluded to during the press conference. Do you think the football team will finally get a standalone facility like Alabama or other top-tier programs? I mean, that would be the implication as a standalone program. Because I think... Standalone program? Standalone facility. I think I don't know who mentioned it, or maybe it was the last podcast, or it was on Tunnel Vision or something, but... They had mentioned too much that there was a shared facility with a Galen Center or Little Galen. Little Galen is where they yeah. have their meals, um, but also um, the McKay Center is shared with all the other sports as well. So they don't have their own facility. That would be that's what you would think. You know, when they talked about facility upgrades, that would be the thing. The question which we mentioned the last time we talked about this is, where do you put it? There's not a lot of space. Where do you put it? Uh, there's just not a lot of space around campus. So where exactly do you put that? Do you build up? Do you build down? How can you uh, find space to, to build a new facility? And final question comes from our buddy Stephen Poway, who said, Dear Family Feeders, with both Lincoln Riley and especially Brian Kelly abandoning their form former teams before bowl games in order to get a start on their 2022 recruiting classes, do you think the NCAA will finally put an end to the early signing day in December? What about the players who were previously committed to OU and Notre Dame with a different coach and now have about a week to find another team? Further, it also eliminates bringing NFL coaches back to the college ranks because they would have to leave during the key part of their season. This is a disaster. Eliminate the early signing period and go back to the first week of February. Glad we got a guy, but this is a horrible policy that needs to end now. Your thoughts? Was there a question in there? I don't... Yes. I feel like we touched on it. I think the only way it's going to change is if a bunch of coaches come out against it and start pushing back on it uh, publicly or you know behind the scenes. Uh, the interesting thing about this, since we already talked about the Arizona period, is what about the players that are previously committed to OU or Notre Dame? I think it's more actually, it hurts more the the players that are committed to the team those coaches are going to. The LSU or USC, you've seen USC, they've already had uh, multiple decommitments. That's not guys saying, man, I don't, I don't want to play in that Lincoln Riley offense. That's the staff going, hey, we're going to be recruiting some other guys and we think we can land some high, higher profile guys or guys that we have recruited already and we like. So it actually hurts the those more because if you're at USC and you're a wide receiver, you go, wow, I want to play in this offense. But if you get pushed out, that's much different. Whereas if you're at Oklahoma or Notre Dame, you say, oh, I love the school. I already like this. And especially at Notre Dame, they're keeping Marcus Freeman. If you're a defender, you're obviously staying committed. 
she was pointing at me, but we have like three road trip questions that we did not get to. So I'm going to rattle those off. Go okay. for it. Okay. Uh, you just pulled a shotgun right now. Yeah. USC's creative team. This is from Danny. USC's creative team will lean into the whole Grinch DC thing and have an edit for every player the defense flips slash steals. Like as far as the, the Grinch? Grinch. This is something you came up with at practice, Chris. This is not that original of an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I'm taking credit for it. <laughs> they absolutely should. If they don't, everyone should be fired. <laughs> That's wow, my take. Chris. Shaka? I'm going to leave it with your take. Okay. I'm cutting out all the ones that were related to the cow game. So this one is also favorite pizza spot in L.A. Oh. Domino's. Domino's is good gluten-free. Also shouts to Blaze. Uh, I like the deep dish. I love deep dish pizza. So um, there's a, what, which one is it? This is from JP. I don't think it's Uno. What's the other? There's Geno's. Geno's is there's a Geno's in uh, Sherman Oaks actually, right near where I live. So or Studio City, somewhere in there. But uh, that's my favorite spot right now. Largemont Pizza also really good. Two more uh, from Shane Sullivan. Outside I of Dart, pizza. which returning offensive skill player will benefit the most from Riley's offense in 2022? I would say Michael Trigg. Mm, interesting. Oh. I'm going to go Gary Bryant Jr. Mm. Kyle Fort, just for the sake of it. I just think Gary Bryant Jr. can get schemed open more, uh, which Heck really yeah. helps him Heck with yeah. his speed. He can get behind defenses speed. and ain't catching him. Okay, and this one comes from Ty. Uh, how would you announce your signing to a school? More creative, the better. Oh. <sighs> I can't come up with a good one right here. I needed, I needed to see this question beforehand. So, <laughs> You're opting out? I'm gonna. I'll come back to it at the end of the podcast. Let me mull it over. Okay. In my head. So I'm announcing where I'm committed. Yeah. Um. I'll have someone skydive for me, and land behind me on a field because I don't want to skydive because I'm afraid of heights. Right. But they're that gonna, was actually like, my idea. No wow, way. Wow. Yeah, I was skydive and like the you, you pull the parachute and it has the team. Oh, right. that's cool. That's better. And land behind you. No, I'm not doing the skydiving. Oh, look at the She's melding not. of the minds. Shotgun's gonna dive. <laughs> Pulled the parachute last second for the yeah. most suspense. Will he live and where am I going? Right. <laughs> and that's my announcement. I'm sure the college coach would just be absolutely thrilled to be like, Coach, I'm going to announce. I'm coming to you. I'm going to skydive and do it. No, no. That's Short, why that's Shortest why I'm not commitment in uh, NCAA history. <laughs> yeah. uh, me? He was committed. Oh. And now he's gone. Oh, no. That's horrible. Uh, this would only work if I was like a top five, number one national player, like Arch Manning level, whatever, Corey Foreman. I am... Writing, producing, directing, and starring in a three-hour musical about my life. <laughs> oh my and we're God. putting it on at the end of the year. So every dumb donkey of a coach has to go see it. <laughs> three hours, full-on musical. <laughs> at the end, the big final dance number, musical number, I will reveal where I'm going. All the coaches, there will be coaches who play characters on stage. Oh, they'll be my it. parents. Well, no, like <laughs> they will the, be your parents. My parents will be cast in this oh, play. Can I be cast? Yeah, if you want to be like okay. a recruiting writer, there'll be so many good song titles. Like, like what? Where will I go? <laughs> to stay or do I go? <laughs> uh, my first offer. There's a whole dancing number about my first offer. Okay, I love it's it. It's the Hamilton of college recruiting. Wow, I saw Hamilton like a You're month just, ago. What is this uh, West Side Story? <laughs> I think I just West Side Story. So it. the big big finale. And it ends with a costume change into the uniform I will be wearing. I'm not gonna waste my offer. <laughs> yeah, like that. Well, one, you gotta you gotta lock out anyone who doesn't arrive on time. Absolutely, and You're there not, has to be a take, note. I'm taking my all phones, so all that phones. so that you oh. can 
so that you can uh, you, know, you got you got to note who's there so you can change your decision if you need to before <laughs> the end. And can you also have a smoke signal for people outside the theater who are reporting on your nope. recruitment? Nope. Why? Reporters are allowed fun. to come in, but uh, you know, no one's allowed. No filming of it. It's like a courtroom. Yeah, everyone's and <laughs> the character, the play, uh, the actors will never know because I'd be changing it every time. Wow. So they would never know. Everyone will find out at that moment. Wow. So that's, that's my thing. Wow. Love it. So, but then how would they sing it? Where you're going, or is it just you, the actor? It's just me at the end. Oh, okay. It's a solo wow. at the end. Wow. Spotlight. S- absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. This is my thing. <laughs> okay. I wrote and directed a three-hour play. You don't think I'm putting that spotlight at the end? <laughs> okay. Oh, come that's on. Fair. That's fair. That's very fair. Alrighty, Chris. I think it's now time for me to toss it over to you for your first take it or leave it as an official member of the pod. Take it away. I just realized I did not finish my thing, but we're going to just do wing you, it, baby. Do you we're wonder just, why no, we yeah. waited so long? Um, <laughs> guys, a, a, couple, a couple months ago, my brother unfortunately broke his arm. Did he Rock really? climbing, yes. You know, you so he's this? been, he broke his, uh, whatever this one is. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> But it broke. It was painful. It was painful. It wasn't connected. He couldn't move. Ew. It was it's called the humorous. The humorous. Yeah. So you know, it was it was very painful. You know, he's very sad about you know being at a down point, and he and he's worried about rock climbing again. Okay. He's gonna be able to start in two weeks. So it made me think about what's going on with USC fans. You know, they were down and they're trying to get back up on that big old horsey. So that's why this week's fake corporate sponsor. We we partnered with with uh, Gold's Gym this week. Wow. We're going to bring you their new program that is just for USC fans. That's it. It's the new uh, Blue Blood Social Media Therapy Clinic. Wow. So they're going to be having fans come in, you know, guys who have been like out. out or gals. N- or gals who have not been, you know, tweeting and like being uh, boastful about their team because USC sucked. But now that Lincoln Riley's here, you got to get back on that shit talking horse. <laughs> you got to be able to get on social media and get to go. And there's programs like uh, quick phone typing classes, you know, to get those yeah. get those tweets yeah. out. Yeah. Like, haha, you suck. We're back. <laughs> you know, there's meme construction workshop workshops. <laughs> nice. And then there's jiffing 101. Oh, you know, because you, you gotta get out there. Yeah. There's trolling classes, obviously. You yeah. wanna you wanna troll. Yeah. Because USC's about to be big, back on top. Sure. You gotta you gotta get you gotta get practice, get back up there. Mm-hmm. So take the pride, take back the pride of being a USC fan and leave being the bigger person behind. Because we're not about that. Not about that on social media. Uh, I don't know who we is in this, but okay. Sounds we good. as in the person, the fans. Okay. This Which is, is just not the, us, but okay. It's fine. Also, other You question, know what I'm saying. Gold's Gym, what, are you doing like curls while tweeting? Like what's the... Rehabit- rehabilitation. Okay. Physical therapy. Got Gold's it, Gym, it, talk it. your shit. Nice. Talk it. So let's run through these. Thank you to Gold's Gym. I got a quick... This is a quicker one. I've been struggling to come up with these. Uh, Dante Williams will be coaching the Pac-12 in 2022. I'm going to take it. Take it. It seems plausible. USC gets Elias Ricks. I'm going to take it. Seems plausible. (laughs) USC flips at least three duck commits. Ooh. Uh, Jalil Florence, I believe it is, and his teammate. I can't remember. Jalil Tucker. Um, Yeah. Down at San Diego Lincoln, I believe. Uh, are both supposed to visit USC. So that could potentially be two. That's two defensive backs, if I remember correctly. Um, T-Mac, another option. But I'm going to leave it. I'm going to say it two max. Two max. Two max, including T-Mac. Thank you. I'm going to leave it as well. Three seems too high for me. 
It is imperative that Lincoln Riley has a poly coach on the staff. Take it. You gotta you gotta be able to recruit the Polynesian players at USC. There's such a story tradition, and there's a lot of the big bodied players in the West region. Yeah, that was good. Take it. Lincoln Riley poaches a duck staffer, coach, whatever. Leave you it. Call it. I'm gonna leave it just because I don't know their staff well enough. Um, obviously, Joe Moorhead, uh, the offense coordinator, has gone to Akron, so that's a big piece there for them. Uh, maybe. Maybe Joe Salavea, the defensive line coach. We haven't heard any names being thrown out for defensive line, and he did work at Washington State, I believe, with some of the other coaches. I think he was there at the same time. So maybe that's a possibility, and that would enter your Polynesian, I believe, as well. USC lands at least six out of the transfer portal. Eventually, take it. Not during this two-week span right, right, before right. early signing period, but When eventually. it's all said and done. Yep. Yeah. USC had seven or eight last year? Sure, but I'm going to take it. Seems plausible, especially with the roster turnover we're expecting. Seems right. And finally, Shaka and I, I gave you a heads up about this one, but USC basketball, this team is better than last year's team. We've seen this on Twitter, seen this on the P. So now I'm just putting to you the world's greatest USC basketball writer. Hoop, there it is. Hoop. I'm going to let Keely go first. Okay. Oh, wow. Because this is a tough one. Thanks. Appreciate it. As I've covered because zero know, minutes of yeah, the team so well, far. Well, if I answer, you're just going to be like, yeah, what he said. Yeah, what he said. Um, see, this seems like a trap because if you have a top NBA draft player leave, how could you do that? But they seem like the chemistry is going. I don't, I don't. Shotgun, I hate you. I'm going to take it because I feel spicy. <laughs> nice. Very difficult to, to say right now, only two games in a conference play, and not truly played a really high quality, you know, top 15, top 20 team. So I'm going to leave it for right now. Evan Mobley just did so much for them, but there's been huge strides from guys like Ethan Anderson, Max Agabon-Polo, uh, Isaiah Mobley. So I think that's really big, and I think that the ability to keep everyone bought in will be the key determining factor and whether that can my t- leave it can turn to a take it before the end of the season. Teeth it. No. <laughs> Teeth. Nope. Teeth. I'm leaving it right now. Okay. I may change my mind later. Uh, and to answer my own question, there were nine transfers. <laughs> okay. Nine transfers this year for USC. So I definitely could see them taking six. And that wraps up take it or leave it. Like I said, a little bit quicker than a usual one. Do we have fun ones? We do. Okay. You looked at me for the N1 call. Very, very. There's a company that is selling personal flamethrowers. It's about $689. (laughs) Some of the things it it says it's useful for is uh, uh, pest removal, like wasps. Oh. Uh, um, uh, That's uh, how I burn down everything. I see one type of insect. Bam, we're done. Melting snow. Melting snow, yeah. uh, film and television prop usage. Okay. What's yeah, those the size are just, here? It's about maybe a little bit longer than this camera. Oh, a small one, huh? Uh, I want to take it, but for everyone's safety, I'm going to leave it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good answer. Um, I'm obviously taking it. <laughs> uh, Your pest control is like if you end up in Stranger Things and you need to clear some Demogorgons. 
I've seen enough of that to get that. Whoa. I know. Thank you. A Dickie's. Can't wait for season four. There it is. A Dickie's suit. Excuse me? A Dickie's suit? Like the brand that makes jeans? Yeah. Or like the barbecue company? No. The. The former, the first one, yes. I'm leaving the denim company. I'm taking the barbecue <laughs> suit. Barbecue. What <laughs> choice of meat? Pulled pork, obviously. I would do some brisket, like oh, tile yeah, it. Could, yeah. Mm. yeah, nice. Thank you. <laughs> but a dicky suit, the meat skirt, or whatever it was. Oh yeah, the Lady Gaga. Uh, leave it. You're not about it. A jean Even has suit. A Canadian tuxedo. Is it is nope. it denim? Yeah, it's denim. Okay. Or is it just like khakis? I think it's like oh, khaki. they do make khakis yeah, as well. Yeah, so yeah, the one I'm I saw is a khaki color. It. Oh, it's got like the you could have provided that info. Dickies logo right here. Uh, no, I don't like the logo. No. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, no. Leave, leave. I don't want any logos on my suits. Says Unless the man who wears a baseball hat every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a logo on your so? head right now. You got a logo on your hoodie. Yeah. No, unless it's obnoxious. You're logo man. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. No. He's uh, questioning his life now. <laughs> Kenny Pickett's fake slide. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving this because <laughs> this inevitably ends up with someone crushing him the next time, and then they get ejected for targeting, so it's bull crap in my mind. I didn't see this. You didn't see the fake slide? No. It was all over the place. Kenny no. Pickett, the Pittsburgh quarterback, yeah. on a long scramble. Heisman hopeful. Kind of leaned back like he was about to slide. The defense kind of gave up, and then he took off. <laughs> Okay. And scored a touchdown. I'm going to leave it because I've talked to so many defensive players that are frustrated by targeting calls because in the moment you can't tell what the quarterback's going to do. And now if you're going to use that ambiguity ambiguity to your advantage, I feel like that's not fair. Can you imagine Taylor Mays the next time he takes off running if Taylor Mays had been the player? Decapitation <laughs> would happen. <laughs> not good. And finally, Brian Lee Kelly's Accent. Oh, f- no. <laughs> oh, God. There's the F bomb. There's the. Uh. He's so fake. <laughs> Everything he does, just leaving Cincinnati in the middle of the night. Um, you know, when they have a major bowl game, I think that's a little bit different than Lincoln Rally. I know if we have anyone listen this far as an Oklahoma fan, they'll immediately point to that. But he leaves Notre Dame on the cusp of potentially getting into the college football playoff. Are you serious? Like, in the fake accent. He just comes off as fake to me too much. And I think that's why none of the Notre Dame staff left with him and none of their coordinators or anything. They were like, sure, I like Mark Stream. We'll stay here. My family. My family. Brian <laughs> you, on the you, bayou. You, you give your entire answer in a, in a Brian Kelly accent. I just got off the plane, and when you step foot in the south, it's like osmosis. You get <laughs> a southern accent, and I'm changing the dialect as I'm talking. Um. I'm gonna leave it. It's horrible. That was a pretty good southern accent that you did. I thought it was more. My convincing. family, part of my family, is from the south, so I do have some experience. Thank you. Uh, the The next step for him is going to be throwing a bless you, bless your heart in there. Oh, bless your heart. Bless her heart. <laughs> bless her heart, which means f- her. Uh, shotgun. Okay. <laughs> Mute his mic. Mute his mic. Mute his mic. Um, and that's it for the fun ones. Thank wow. you to Gold Jim. Get in there. Get your get your shit talking back. Get, get, get back up on that. Am I gonna have to bleep that too? No. There are <laughs> children fine. who listen to this. I'm sorry. Are parents. there? Yeah. 
if there are children, send me one child that send a you picture, a child. picture of a child, picture That's of a child. That's horrible. even worse. Don't send pictures of your children. I meant proof that one of your children listens to this. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sincere apologies. Um, I, I, this is where I say in one, right? At what? Yeah, we're doing a little something different day. We're playing a little game of no context quotes for Keely. Oh, oh, am I guessing again? Yeah, you're guessing okay, again. I'm Not as many champ. as last time. I'm the champ. Partially because I slept most of the, the rides, wow. not feeling well. Oh. Um, but I'm back. But I have to pull that up. <laughs> and you tweet so much because you ran the... Chris, that His microphone fault. is His sitting fault. right there. I can snatch that Look, right back. Why do you tweet so much? <laughs> you search context. Oh, my goodness. We had a chat about this. Yeah. I could edit this dead air, but will I? No. Well, no, you won't. Because... And then I've you tweeted an entire basketball game. Oh my goodness! I know. And this is so bad. Um, Here, Chris. Here, I found okay. it already. Wait, there you Chris. go. Okay, you ready? Yes. Breakfast cookie, bitch. You, Chris Trevino. Yep. Bam. Oh baby, look at those sexy ass cows. <laughs> Chris Trevino. Mm. Does that yes? Yeah. Two for okay. two. Yes. Hey, look, it's little hobbits and the Shire. Ooh, this is hard. I'm going to go with shotgun. This is, no, hold on. But he was <laughs> under the weather, which means he's not as fun. I wasn't under the weather on the way there. Oh. I'll go with shotgun just to vary it up. It is not shotgun. Oh, darn it. It's like when you, when they say, when you like are bubbling in a test and you yeah. can see like four times and you're like, it can't be this many Right, C's. right. <laughs> yeah. I ruined everything. I ran into his plane. Shotgun. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is Chris. What did you ruin? It was a dream. I'll tell you off air. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> a number, another if I member of the staff's dream, plane. Because you don't dream. That's true. Okay. I just saw her nipple. <laughs> okay. Another story I will explain off air. <laughs> I'm sorry for the children once again. Um, Why is nipple a bad thing? Chris, because he needs to explain off air. Yes? Oh, oh, you were picking me. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Correct. This one is a uh, a conversation or two line conversation. Oh, so you're, you're picking who said the final line. Uh, what if I'm a beautiful woman? You don't have your eyeliner. <laughs> Shotgun said you don't have your eyeliner yes. because you notoriously, when you wore makeup for last week's pod and then had to do instant analysis, look like a punk uh, grunge person. It's great. There's a big accident up here, so I'm just busting a bitch. This is just... It's what was heard. Chris said this. This is actually a third party. <laughs> the guy driving down the ramp backwards. <laughs> so that one does not fair. count. We gave you we gave it away earlier in the show. I'm Come on. playing under protest. And I didn't realize he tweeted this one today, but... Whoa, that's crazy. I wish I could do that on dates. This is a, quote, retweet of reindeer being able to change their eye color. From summer to winter. <laughs> do they do that? Yeah. That's so cool. I wanted more info. That's why I asked that. Like how we learned that uh, giraffes' colors are blue. Or their tongues are blue. Purple. They're blue. Purple. <laughs> He's so annoyed with me. Chris said that. Because Chris still goes on dates. Yes. It's true. Boom. Look at that. You did pretty well. Thank you. Claps it up for you. Yeah. Claps <laughs> it up for me because no one on this podcast supports me. That's fine. Totally fine. Um... That's going to wrap it up. Yes. 
do I pick a side? <gasps> yes, you do. Oh my God, Chris, Chris, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Trevino. I don't, I don't want to do this. I Chris regret Trevino. it. It was like a joke, and now I don't want to do it. Chris about to choose whether or not stock neutral is a thing. Because there's three, there's three of us, so there is. one pushes the other yes. one over the top. Yes, Chris, I gave you that that trophy. You know, I really hold and the key to membership. It. And smudged it. Yeah, to make it authentic. I'm the one that allowed you in, though. No, that is so false. <laughs> that is so false. I have kept you out before. No. I've let you in no. now. Mm. See how he turns If they around? fight each other, I can get out of this. <laughs> no. One of them kills the other one in the Chris next two Trevino, seconds. it's time. Okay. I am going to be... So it is either so no stock neutral nation yeah. or stock neutral nation. You're part nation. of the nation. Are you kidding me? People are out there. The nation is real. I am. I don't want to do this. (laughs) I don't want to do this. (laughs) Choose it. I have to go to the bathroom. Choose it. Choose it. I don't do. I don't want to do this. Wait, so whatever I say, my status is not revoked. No. But you're about to lose your your status if you don't make a choice. (laughs) Yeah. Chris? I'm Stock Neutral Nation. Yes! (laughs) Woo! I know the reason behind this. Because I'm the best. No, that's definitely not. (laughs) Because I'm the best. That's Uh, why. One final question. We got in late. Are there any 2022 potential recruits going to be January enrollees? The answer is yes. There are a couple of guys that have said they will stay uh, in. I don't care. I'm not even listening. (laughs) Stock Neutral Nation. Sign in February, but um, most of them will be January enrollees. What a momentous, historic pod for a historic season of usc football chris trevino is not only official member of the podcast he's stock neutral nation let's go you just didn't want to hurt your feelings i, I know I'm, what the true answer i'm is. used to my feelings getting hurt by you all the time he Chai. told me what was going to happen um uh, did that know, really if he happen? ever became a member Shotgun. i mean chris did that happen on the drive oh my goodness you didn't play it off it's fine i know it's you're fine get, you're getting played and now you're getting I, played off i don't want I don't want fake membership to the nation, Chris Trevino. We're going to talk about this off air. That's going to wrap it up for a historic episode of the podcast. That's official member Chris Trevino, <laughs> Shotgun Spradling. I'm Keely Orr. We'll see you next time.